Well, good morning, everyone. Happy MOK weekend. Yes, come on. I love weekends like this, especially MOK weekend, because it's an opportunity for us to celebrate diversity. You know, like this is amazing that like as I look around in this room, no one looks the same. And so this is a great moment to do that. Uh, and not only that, it's a clear picture of what the Bible says, right? You know, that, that we should look completely different. I, I love that because it's like as I have friends outside of, that doesn't look like me, right, I'm able to see God in a whole nother light. You know, and it's so great to see that because, like, man, God has called us uh, to be his church. Um, so I'm excited to kick off, well, not kick off, but to continue our series in the Great Faith series that we've been in the last three weeks, right? So today is week three. Week one, we kind of talked about, like, man, like, there is too much at stake for you to just throw away your confidence in the Lord, Right? And then in Hebrews, uh, the verse that it says that, uh, not to um, remember the former days. Remember the former days when you encountered God and you had this zeal and this excitement and it was new and it was just amazing. He said, remember those days because sometimes as you go for a while and you start, you know, being in your faith a little bit, then things start to change and you, you lose that zeal that you had once before. And then last week, I love uh, Pastor Shadrick Bell. He's one of my good friends from Austin, Texas at our church in Mosaic. He said that great faith can only be found in the resurrection of Jesus. And that was so great because it can't be found anywhere else but in the resurrection. And as believers, our faith is tied to that moment in history that forever would change everything. And then this morning... Today we're going to look at Noah and, and how much, like, through his faithfulness and obedience, like, as God called him to do something that was a little crazy, maybe a little different, we're going to look at his response in that. So if you turn to your Bibles with me to Hebrews 11, verse 7, this is going to be our theme verse this morning. And as we covered in, in week one, like Hebrews is written to a body of believers who've been in the game for such a long time. Like they knew Jesus, they encountered God in such a powerful way. But in this moment in their faith, they're getting a little weary. They're on the verge of tapping out and just wanting to give up. For they have seen people, their friends, or maybe family members in prison. They have lost uh, things from possessions to land, and they've been persecuted. So you can imagine, like, man, these people are a little beat up. They're a little overwhelmed. They're getting tired, or they're just, their faith is dwindling, and they just need some encouragement. And so the author of Hebrews is, is writing this, this book as a, as a letter to inspire them, to encourage them to keep going, to press on. And we see here in chapter 11 in Hebrews, like, this is a whole list of, by faith, this person accomplished this. And so he's really just saying, hey, like, all these people who came before you were able to accomplish amazing things. Look to what they've done. Look to God's faithfulness and the completed work that they have done. And I think we can take that example today, that we can look back and see what is some of the former patriarchs of our, of our um, belief have done and be encouraged in that. And so this is what 
Hebrews 11:7 says, it says, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed the ark for saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. And this is the word of the Lord. Amen. So if you're taking notes this morning, the title of this message is going to be A Faith to Build. And, and my hope is this. My hope is that, that we want to just leave just like a little encouraged, but more so than that, that this encouragement will actually do something in your life that would actually cause you to do something, not just for yourself, but do something that God is calling you to do. That is faith that we are, like, that we're praying about and actually been preaching about the last couple of weeks is great faith will be proactive in your life. So let us pray this morning. Father God, I ask that, um, that every person that is here this morning, God, that we would come in and enter with open hearts, with open minds to receive your word, to receive your truth, to receive who you are and who you know and who we know you to be, God. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would just continue to increase our faith and that you can help us see you clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. So growing up, I mean, this is like a common question, right? Like as you're, you know, going to school, you know, parents, teachers, family members, they ask, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? And like, man, they used to ask me that, and I'm like, man, can I just be me? Can I just get paid to be me? Like, is there a job just for that? You know, and apparently that wasn't, you know, that wasn't good enough, and so they had a secret meeting, and I'm like, you know, and they're just telling me, like, hey, that's not going to work, okay? You need to, you know, have a plan, have an idea of what you want to do once you get older. And for some of us, you know, we had that same question. And some of y'all might have replied, I want to be a teacher or maybe a doctor or maybe even an astronaut, right? Like, man, like maybe we have some astronauts in this room. And so maybe it was that. But year after year, we start working towards that goal and striving to become what we thought we wanted to be. And then we get to college, you know, and then our interests start changing. And so not only our interests start changing, and then our direction starts changing, and then after that, our major starts changing. And then after that, you change your major one, two, three, four, five, or six times, or seven if you're me. Um, but the thing is, it's like, man, like, there's this inconsistency, right? Um, and I think that's like, I see that a lot on the college campus. You know, not only happened to me, but I see that a lot on college campuses as I'm a, a campus minister there. And I think what happens is, is that we, we change our minds all these times because we want to find something better or something new just grabs our attention. So we make changes so we can build to actually like build on something that we want to build, something that will satisfy our lives. And so the question is not so much like, man, like, do you want to build something? The real question is this, or the real challenge becomes this, is when God asks, will you build something for me? Like, would you, would you really just build something for me that it goes outside of your comfort zone, and maybe you don't really know how the end result is really going to look like, but, like, man, like, just trust me. But just trust me and, and, and really see how faithful I will be. I find that difficult at times for myself when I don't see the plan. Like, I get a little weary. I get a little scared. Like, oh, my God, I, I want to trust you, but I need to see the full picture. But this is why we're going to look in the life of Noah. 
Noah was a man who was righteous. He was a man that really was after God's heart. And we see, we're going to see what he did in response to what God called him to do. And for us to see how to maintain great faith, when flood waters arise and the world just starts mocking at what you think or what you know that you're supposed to do. So if you were taking notes this morning, we're just going to go through these three points. One is that Noah believed, he built, and he was blessed. I'm going to say it again, that he believed, he built, and he was blessed. So going back to the scripture in, in, in verse 7, it says, by faith, Noah. Everyone say, by faith. By faith. By faith. Which means that Noah had some belief in this God that's been talking to him after, you know, a little while. And the thing is, is that the ability, he had the ability to discern God's voice. Even in the midst of everything that was happening, he had the ability to, to discern God's voice. And I think that's something that we need to, to be able to do, is to be able to discern God's voice when things are at its rough, at the hardest time. When we don't know what's going to come next, when the future is just completely uncertain. And so faith is not just an idea or a thought of saying, hey, I agree with this, but more so faith is saying, hey, I believe this, and because I believe this, I'm actually going to do something that proves that I believe in this. Like, it causes some, some proactivity in that. So as we look in, in Genesis verse 6, we see just a glimpse of what the world is like during Noah's time. And this is what it says. And it's actually one of the saddest passages in the Bible. It says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth. And he grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man who I have created, for I am sorry that I have made them. See, the word grieve in, in this context is really that he's saying that his loving kindness was scorned. That they have taken advantage of his, his grace. That they have really just ignored his, the idea or the gift of salvation. And he was just stabbed to the heart. And it just really just hurt him to his core to know that everything he was doing was completely being abandoned. And a couple verses later, we see that the machinery of the universe is now taking into motion that at a specific day, at a specific time, that the floodgates of the deep were going to come in and the great flood is going to take place. But we see right after that, right after that statement, it says God intervened with grace. In verse 8, it says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. See, it's not a mistake or a coincidence that, that grace, the word grace, is in the Bible in this moment of time where, where it shows the flood, because this is the first time in which judgment has ever been placed on the earth. So even in the midst of God's wrath, God remembers his mercy. And he's merciful through, through this moment. You see, in order for, for Noah to have had grace or, or favor with the Lord, it really means that he had to be forgiven. 
Like there had to be a moment in time in which he said, Lord, I know I am a sinner and I'm putting my trust in you fully. And so this was, this was it that not only did that, he also had access to truth. That Adam's grandson, Enosh, was still alive during the moment of, of Noah, and he was able to have access to the truth and the stories of what happened. And so he knew of God, but then he made a decision to actually follow God himself. In verse 9, it says that he was just. So these are, that these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in a generation. Noah walked with God. He continued to walk with God, even when everyone else decided they were going to abandon their faith. As the world was multiplying and perversion was taking over the world, he still made it a choice to follow the Lord. He found a greater attraction to be in the presence of God than to be in the the presence of just materialistic things or just pleasures in life. Which brings me to my next point that Noah built the ark. Like, he built the ark. Like, man, his faith actually caused him to do something. It was to build something that was larger than him, something that he didn't actually understand would be the salvation of the world. And he built. And not only that, it's like it says in the Scripture that God actually gave him distinct description and specifics on how to build this ark, not just like, hey, build an ark, but like, hey, this is how I actually want for you to build it. This is how, what wood from every exact thing. And I really believe this is that, man, we are all called to build something in our lifetime. The question is that, what is it that you're building? Who are you building with? And who are you building for? Because it's actually meaningless if you're just building for yourself. But it actually is worth something if you're doing it for the Lord. Because it's not just for you. Because God actually uses you to actually bring salvation to other people. And this is what we see in the life of Noah. And the thing is that he was so faithful in, in this build. Like it said, uh, it took anywhere between 50 and 75 years to build this ark. My gosh, like, man, that's, that's a long time, and yet he was faithful in doing so. And this is what it reads and how the ark should be built. It says, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are, you're to make it. The length of the ark, 30, 300 cubits, and its breadth 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. Make a roof of the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it of lower and second and third decks. Now, just analyze this for just a quick moment, right? Like God told him what kind of wood to use, pitch. He said how many floors, how many, this one door. Like, man, there's all these distinct things that God is saying in this blueprint. But yet there's, there's something missing. There's actually something missing if Noah wanted to actually steer this boat or steer this ark for himself. And this was a, a rudder and a sail. Like a rudder is used to actually take control of boats 
unless you're doing a rowboat, uh, and a sail is used to propel with the wind, right? And so this is the thing. It's like, man, this boat didn't have, this ark didn't have either of these things. And I know it's not just me up here who, like, if God would have told me that, I would have been like, all right, God, like, man, like, I know you're, you know, like, I trust you, but, you know, I'm going to build this thing just in case, you know, something happens. Right, just in case. I know you're busy doing all these other things. You got this whole doomsday plan, you know, going on. And so, like, you probably forgot, you know, that I need to steer this thing, you know. But, like, I'm just going to put it in because I know, like, you know, like, I got you. I got you. You got me, but I got you with this part because you forgot. And the thing is, like, no, that wasn't the case. Like, Noah actually fully entrusted God in this moment. Like, there was no just-in-case factor. <laughs> and I think, I, I, this one thing I, I love about this is because, like, man, I like to do it just-in-case. Like, I have a plan, a backup plan, B, C, D, and E, you know? And I know some of you are, like, our planners like that. Y'all like to plan things just in case this work, doesn't work out, I'm going to do this. But, like, when God says something, you don't need a plan B. Like, all you need is what he says, because what he says, he's going to fulfill, and he's going he's to continue to bring that into fruition. See, Noah might have built the ark, but it was God who had control over it. So as you are building something that God has called you to do, are you allowing God to take control over it? Or are your hands still in it? Do you have that just-in-case you know, something happens, I can fall back on this. And because of, of his faith and obedience, Noah was blessed. See, Scripture says that um, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events yet unseen in reverent fear, constructing an ark for the saving of his household. Church, can I just tell you this morning that, like, what you build is not just for you? Like, what God calls you to build something is not just for you. Like, God told Noah to build the ark, but yet his family was saved. And it says, by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. What's, what's really interesting is I was, I was reading this in Scripture, like, I overlooked this, you know, countless times as I'm reading the story of Noah. And what, find, what makes it really interesting to me is like, man, like I've been to several baby showers and like you see like Noah's Ark and the little animals. You're like, oh man, that's so cute. But I mean, this thing was very horrific. <laughs> like, man, people died. Like, not everyone was in the Ark. There was a lot of people who didn't make it. But what I overlook at times is this, is that, man, the door was closed. Like, Noah and his family were in the ark, and it said that they waited seven days. Like, seven days they were in the ark, and they just waited. And there was not a sign of rain until the end of day seven. See, I would have been like, man, day one, we'd be like, all right, man, you know, maybe, maybe tomorrow. Maybe it's tomorrow, you know, it's like, man, the wrong day, got it. You know, sometimes I get my numbers confused, so, like, it was, it's going to be tomorrow, you know, day one. Maybe day four comes along, and you're like, well, 
man, like, ah, oh, dang, like, I could have sworn it was this day, but maybe not. Like, God, man, I'm, it might have been, it's next week. It's next week for sure, right? And then day, day seven, I'm going to be like, man, like, God, did you forget about me? Like, God, I literally have built this thing, and it took half of my life. Have you forgotten all the blood, sweat, and tears that I invested in this thing that you called me to build? And that may be you this morning, like, man, God, I told you to do something or build something, and you know it was from God, and yet you're still waiting for God to answer for him to do something with that very thing that he told you to build. And you're just in this place of waiting. Meanwhile, like, Scripture says that as this is going on, people are beginning to mock and laugh and you know, I can just imagine, like, people stopping by the ark, like, knocking on the door, like, hey, Noah, where that flood at, man? <laughs> Didn't you say it was going to be today? You're like, no, I said tomorrow. Oh, okay, they come back tomorrow. They came back, oh, Noah, what happened with the flood? Still nothing. But yet he said, like, he had this unwavering faith in knowing that what God said that God was going to do can I just say this, like, man, like, church, like, what may seem foolish and mockery to some may actually be the salvation for others. What faith it must have taken Noah just to stand still and just wait on the Lord. And this, that, that's the type of faith that I need personally because <laughs> I'm eager to go when I want to go. But when God says, wait, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to. There's so many things happening, so many opportunities. And that's why one of the things, the songs that we sung earlier, I, I love this because I think it's very appropriate to, like, what we see with Noah. I would sing it, but I can't sing, so I'm just going to read it, unless y'all want to sing with me, and then we can do it together as a family, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, It says, what my eyes can't see, I still believe. Everything's spoken to me. There's no word that can come back void. I would trust the report of the Lord. God is not a man that he should lie. Every need he will supply. So I will wait. I will not be moved. I believe. I believe. I will trust in you. I believe. I believe. I will trust in you. See, we have to choose to believe in God. We have to make an active decision to actually entrust everything onto him and say, God, like, I know what I can do, but I know you can do far more than what I can do and and far more than I can actually see before me. And I can actually speak from, from personal encounter of God's faithfulness over my life as he has called me to do countless different things. And yet there's a moment in which I doubted or maybe I was like, I don't know. But then I'm remembered. <laughs> I'm remembered in all the stories of the people who've seen God do miraculous things. I remember it was 2007 in which me as as a college student, unaware and unsure of who God was and completely immature and just completely just living for the world, encountered God in my apartment. 
I remember after finding this, this newfound joy in love for God, I, I had this pursuit after him that I was just so hungry that I, I just needed to know more about this God that everyone was talking about. I just needed to read my Bible. My pages are falling out. I'm playing Bible roulette, just picking random books in the Bible just to read because I was just that hungry. And as I got to know about this person of Jesus and what he did for me, and I got to be able to hear his voice and knew who he was and was able to discern his truth. And as he was saying, son, I have something greater for you. I have something bigger for you. You may not understand what I'm about to ask you to do, but just trust me. Just trust me, and I'm going to do something amazing through that. And he goes, Austin, I want you to quit your job, and I want you to leave your church, and I want you just to move to San Antonio and start a new campus ministry at UTSA, the same campus ministry that I walked with in Austin. He said, I want you to start another chapter. I was like, but God, like, man, like, my family is here. I love everything that this church has. Everything's just amazing here. And he says, Austin, you don't understand that I planted you here for a season And as you plant seeds in a pot, it can only grow a certain, up to a certain height. It can't grow to its fullest potential. And I want to plant you somewhere that you can grow to your fullest potential. So I want you to move. So I said, okay, Lord, if this is what you asked for me, me, then I'm going to go. I'm going to go, and I'm not going to make any excuses, and I'm just going to go. I'm going to trust in you. And as I started getting excited by this idea that God has been telling me, told me, I wrote it down and I started telling people, friends and family members, and some people mocked and some people laughed. And it was like, man, seriously? Like, man, man, you're not even a leader here. <laughs> like, you don't even know much about the Bible. I was like, man, I know, but man, God is telling me to go. And I moved in 2011. And even when I moved here, we started a Bible study, and it became from two, it became five, and five, it became 11. And at this point, we were kind of meeting weekly on this, like a little Sunday. We called it U Church at the university. I remember God saying, Austin, like, I want you to cast this vision of more. I want you to cast this vision of a church. I was like, but God, we're, there's only 11 of us in this room. Like, how are you going to make a church out of 11 people? We don't even got a worship team. <laughs> I mean, watching YouTube videos. For worship. But yet God said, Mick, I want you to cast this vision of this church. You don't understand yet, but, but wait, wait to see what I'm going to do. So a year goes by, another year goes by, and then you get a phone call from Midland saying there's this is guy named Pastor Ben who wants to plant a church in San Antonio. That he wants to take over what we have established on a college campus and, and make it an official church. We were official, but we weren't like, you know, we didn't have a big budget. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in 2014, and we established Luminous, and our first service was September of 2014. And even during, during that, throughout that entire process, I saw people like, man, this is not going to happen. I saw people tap out right before God actually did something, what what he said he was going to do. Lastly, there was this girl that I was pursuing, and like, you know, I was kind of immature at first, and so because of that, things didn't work out the first time. Uh, And so I just decided I was just going to be her friend for a little bit, and then like try again later. And even during that process of like, man, like I heard from the Lord, like, man, this is going to be your wife. 
You know, and I, and I fasted and I prayed and I pursued for eight, nine months. Eight, and, you know, eight, it led to nine, right? Uh, nine months of this pursuing. People would say, like, no, nah, it's not going to happen, man. Like, she likes someone else. Like, she's over you already. I was like, dang. <laughs> you know? And then the ninth month, we, we went on our first date. And then nine months from that, from that first date, we were engaged. And then two months from that, we were married. You know, we were quick. <laughs> and in this past July, we celebrated our first year anniversary. And that's why I'm stopping, because I know some of y'all thinking like, we're about to announce we're having a kid. Nah, that ain't happening. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet, guys. Uh, but what I want to say through that is like, man, God is faithful. My gosh, I mean, like when God speaks to you and he shares, like, hey, daughter, son, I'm calling you to build something. You may not understand or see what he's doing at the moment, but that doesn't mean he's not going to do something great with it. Like our sight is limited, but God could see to the end of time. And because of that, I can put my faith and my trust in him because of that. See, Noah had the faith to build what God called him to build. He believed the word of the Lord. He built out of obedience. He was blessed as the Lord saved him and his family. I love what John Philip says in his commentary in Genesis. He says that salvation was simply shutting in all the saved with him inside of the ark. What it means for Noah to be in the ark in his day it's what it means for us to be in Christ today. The thing keeping Noah and his family safe from the storm were the gopher timbers of the ark. But what stands between us and God's wrath is Christ. See, Jesus endured the storm for all of those who, knew, who would now find refuge in him. And this is the confidence that we have as believers. That it's not what I can do to earn my way into the presence of the Lord, but it's what Jesus has done for me. And me putting my faith and trust in him. And if you are here this morning, you have not yet put your faith and trust fully in Jesus. Right? This is not just in case. This is I'm going all in. This is an all in moment. Then we're going to have a moment at the end of service for you to come up and get prayed for. Because the thing is, is that without Jesus, my gosh, I'm nothing. But with him, but with him, I'm able to do far more. But not just for me, but for everyone. As he's doing a work in me. And for the believer, those who heard, you know, know Jesus, you've been, you know, you've been saved or been a Christian the majority of your life, and maybe it's like, man, you've encountered a difficult season. Maybe it was last year. Maybe it's been the, the last several years. I just want to remind you that this, as Scripture says, that, man, Jesus, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he doesn't change at all. And that's, a, that's something that I'm willing to go all in for. 
for something that doesn't change is not like finances or inflation or moods like me because I, I could be a little fickle at times. But God is consistent. And what he has for you and what he's called you to do remains as you continue to put your faith and trust in him. Can you stand as we pray? Father God, you know every fear, every doubt, the things that we think about, the things that worry us, the things that keep us up at night. Lord, I pray that we can uh, really have the mind of Christ and be able to keen in and focus on you and who you not only call us to be, but the thing that you've called us to build. Because it's not just for us. It is not just for us, but it's for our family, it's for this city, it's for this nation, and it's for the world. Lord, help us to be more like you. God, speak to us this morning. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name.